Hi, everyone. Aaron Smith with EVA. Uh, I'm really excited to welcome Teresa Lopez today. Teresa is, is with Green Energy Money and is going to be presenting on valuing, financing, and marketing high-performance homes. We've got a two-part series. So today, and then Nancy, I think we're doing February 19th for the second. February 16th. Sorry, February 16th, 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. So two-part series. And then uh, we've asked Teresa to put in a speaking slot for the EBA Summit coming up in Salt Lake City, October 10th through 12th. And we hope a lot of you will get a chance to meet her there. Just a, a quick story. Uh, Teresa and I met at the Extreme Builder Summit uh, that we both got a chance to speak at. And I was just blown away by the amount of knowledge that she has on the industry. Um, she's really been fighting this fight on uh, getting financing for green construction since 1998. And I know it's a topic that we have a ton of interest in. So Teresa, welcome to EBA. Really excited. I think uh, we'll get a question if we'll have the slides available after. And we can do that. We'll we'll put them in a PDF up on the EBA Academy. Um, but Teresa, welcome to EBA. It's so great to see you again. It was great to catch up before we started the call. And uh, welcome. Thank you. It's so good to be here. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my knowledge and all my hard knocks that I've learned along the way. It's still still continuing to get a few bangs here and there, especially right now. So um, thank you so much for, for joining today, everyone. So the um, I wanted to start with a recap. Um, first of all, I've been doing this since 1998. Um, and I um, the market conditions have been, you know, as everybody knows, we're going off the rails. We may very well have a government shutdown, which is going to impact everyone. But I wanted to give an announcement that Wells Fargo is now backing out of the wholesale market and residential. This is a shake in your boots moment, everyone, because what that means is that secondary market conditions are going to constrict again. And we're going to have really hard time, you know, placing some deals will just not make the cut anymore. There's going to be less players on the field. So um, I, I'm seeing a lot of companies folding and merging and moving out of the market, um, especially on SPAC and the commercial side. Um, the going trend, I get a lot of calls. Rates are dropping. Well, the bond market is improving, but rates are not dropping until the feds drop the key rate, which is you know now in the seven. So um, there is that, that misconception, but it still greatly impacts the commercial market and, and of course, concern, consumer lending with cards, credit cards, and, and credit line and home equity credit lines. So those things are still going to be greatly impacted. And I think the bond market will, you know, will probably land somewhere in the, in the we're right now in the low sixes on 30 year. And I think we're going to move to a uh, uh, you know, maybe below that within by the end of the year. Hmm. So let me get started here. So I wanted to share what I do because a lot of people are, this is kind of a gray area for a lot of people since they don't, most people aren't financially savvy or haven't been doing this for 30 years like me. So one of the main core competencies that we deliver is the green appraisal. So we have a national appraisal panel of qualified and that can that can green premium values um, can be delivered to the market. And I'm going to do a part two series on the 16th of February that's going to go really a deep dive into how that green appraisal works. 
Um, we also do green lending. So we place the loans in the marketplace. We help, you know, if there's a, I've got many clients that call me that need loans in a one-off area in a rural area or in areas where they can't just, late adopter, the lenders just won't um, help them you know, get green valuation. So I'm able to place those loans with national companies that I work with and have had relationships with for some of them decades. Um, so, you know, just keep that in mind. Marketing as an education is what I really believe in. I don't believe in selling anybody anything. I think people need to be educated and they'll, they will, you can retain them and they will stay with you forever if you do the right thing and educate them properly. Um, so we train builder sales teams, lending teams. So if you're a builder that has a lending team that you want to green up, I can talk to them and see if they're willing to, you know, um, do the program with us. I do have a program for both um, and a way to do marketing materials. I'm going to show you that today. We're really good doing market and finance today. Um, quality assurance, risk performance, that kind of thing, incentivized financing um, and of course, you know, being able to speak the language and to actually deliver uh, a consistent market message. We have a lot of people out there that are speaking different languages. The real estate team doesn't speak the same language as the building team, who definitely doesn't speak the same language as the appraiser or the lender. So coming up with market messaging that's on point is really important for us to all say the same thing. <laughs> so that's that's a big ask. I know it seems like a small thing, but it's a big thing in the in the market. So I wanted to cover what's going on as well and with the new loan limits. So our conventional loan limits, um, $726,000 is a new cap for, for the um for the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac conventional loans. Now that is, it will go up to, I forgot to put that on there. I think it's a million and 89,000 or a million two on Fannie Mae on high cost love um, areas. So if you're in a California, Hawaii, places like that, you it's gonna be a higher cap on that. But still that's what's happened to the marketplace with us having higher value, you know, values now that we've had to increase these limits substantially. FHA also increased 472,000 in high cost to over a hundred, uh, over a million, million eighty nine. Um, you can get three and a half percent down payments. I'm going to show you a case study that we did um, on VA with no money down, and we also did one with FHA with three and a half percent down. Fannie Mae will do three percent down. So that's something to keep in mind that this is really as the market shifts or has shifted we're going to need more stretched ways to qualify buyers and get them in the door and you know get them with less down payment. Um, VA will go to a million. A lot of people miss that. I have a builder right now that didn't even know that he could get a million dollar loan on VA for himself. So that was kind of an interesting story. So um, the VA funding fee is two and a half percent, which I think is you know, pretty, it used to be 1% and that's how much it's gone up, but there are exemptions for disabled vets. Um, the USDA is um, also, which is pretty limited program, to be honest, 336.5 is the average loan. And then it'll go all the way to 776 now in the high cost areas. The, um, I think you all are all 
familiar with the Inflation Reduction Act by plan that came out. So on the left side is the builder tax credit, which I think pretty 45 L has been around. It was $2,000, but now it's been reinstated as long as you are 50% better in efficiency for 2006 International Energy Conservation Code. $5,000 is now available for DOE zero energy ready homes. And not all your homes in inventory, if you have a, a planned unit development you're selling, um, you don't have to have them all DOE registered, but if they are, then you would qualify for you know, that section that is the um, DOE $5,000 credit. What people may not be aware of is the new rebates and tax credits for individuals. So if you're a contractor and you're doing retrofits or you're moving houses and re restructuring them for sale or on that kind of level, um, there's a great opportunity now to work in this arena and get and and people to qualify for this. The downside, leave it to the government. It took me about four hours to unravel this, by the way. So you're getting like minutes and what took me hours to figure out and do formulas for. But um, if you are below the medium income by 20%, you can get 14,000 for your energy envelope. Um, medium income, if you're like at the medium income level for your region, you can look this up and you're, you know, on the online, it has just do medium income limits and it'll tell you what your median income for your region is. So you can get up to 7,000. If you're above that, which most folks are, you could, you're, you get a $2,000 tax credit. That's, you know, dollar for dollar, by the way, the same as the solar and the um, electric vehicle credit for 30%. So in my opinion and experience, the, the government kind of shot themselves in the foot or head on this one. I think they should have given more credit toward the building envelope and less credit toward the solar and EV taxes. I mean, I, I think 30% is great, but solar is such a good price point now. It's like $20,000, $22,000 for a 5KW. So I'm not sure that a solar credit of 30% is going to drive the market any further than it's already at. Um, I think it's more important to save energy before you generate and make energy. So this is the story that's in the market now. We are getting really close to a, a, a really um, crux of, of what I'm calling the brown discounts. So right now, a green premium value, this is what we're getting on our appraisals. It's anywhere from 5 to 11% per home. Of course, the more efficient and high performance you are, the better the premium value. It is calculated using present value formulas. And I'll get into that a little bit more. Um, and, and we're getting an 8% um, average. So right now we're moving at that tipping point of seeing more inventory on the on the property, I mean on the on the market, and demand for green is going up substantially. Um, I'm getting way more calls than I've ever gotten in my, you know, since doing this, um, starting this in 98, um, and seeing a, you know, seeing the trend growing and growing. Um, the brown discounts on the other side, we have a lot of homes that are at what we call C4, which means condition of the property. Those are deferred maintenance nightmares. Their lenders are now lending 30-year loans on a life cycle of a, a building that maybe has 10 years left on it. So we now we're deeming that as a brown pre premium. So this is actually reflected on the appraisal now, guys has been for several years now. 
um, but no one's called it a brown discount. So now we can compare between a brown discount and a green premium and see that the value for these homes is, is able to be stood up and, and quantified properly. So it's kind of an exciting moment, but there is about 60% of our inventory. There's about 132,000 homes, or 32 million homes in America. 60% of them need upgrades and need some love. So it's kind of a big marketplace, just kind of giving you a little kind of where I want to go in the market here. Um, Med adapters are what, what we're seeing right now that are adapting to the market and we're gonna be in a late adapter market will be at critical mass, so it won't really matter. The other point I wanna make is that the Brown discounts do create a potential mortgage write down. So we're looking at you know a possibility of another market bubble just from the Brown discounts that are popping up on these appraisals and these, these properties now that um, you know, people haven't taken care of or updated or upgraded in a long time. So the HERS Energy Index is the holy grail for everything we do on the green appraisal. I can't recommend HERS enough. I think it is a fantastic way to quantify your value. It can also, on the upside, help you to figure out how to improve your efficiencies. I had one builder that saved $20,000 for the buyer just by doing the HERS and figuring out the energy he had chosen was way expensive and it was not as efficient as a less less cost effective um, uh, measure was. You know, so we found a twenty. We got we were able to move that over to purchase solar with the twenty thousand dollars savings off of the windows. So I think it's really important to get a HERS rater in your corner and work with them. And they add major value to quantifying what your miles per gallon is for your home. Um, the the um, competency ruling. So I'm gonna move to the appraisal story. So this has to do with how you write your contracts with your builder contracts with your owners. So it's called the competency rule. And it says an appraiser must be um, must be qualified in order to perform the assignment. In other words, they must be competent and skilled in the art of appraising this type of unique property, or they should not engage in the in these in the um, with the pro with the project, and they should turn the order down. They must perform competently, and and it also a, a requires the appraiser to. Um, to identify the problems that are addressed in the projects or to have knowledge and experience to complete the assignment. This is your, this is your, um, sorry about that. This is your holy grail for writing your contracts and your security for if the appraisal busts out, you can tell your, your lenders that you need an appraiser that's competent and that you want them to follow the air policy rule. They're not gonna know what that means, have them look it up, but I'm giving you this so that you, you'll have access to this, this, um, this PowerPoint at the end of the, you know, at the, so you can go back and use it later. So um, that's really important. Um, as far as market incentives, I'm finding a lot of builders calling and asking, you know, what do I do? I'm going to have to put these houses on the market now for rentals because I can't find buyers. So how do I do, what do I do with the delayed sale or how do I incentivize the, the deal better so that they'll, they'll be able to buy? 
by the way, in the last week, I've seen a major update uptick with with more buyers coming in to to build right now. So um, I've gotten uh, I don't know about six seven transactions just in the last three days. So I think the market is picking up, and I think people are adjusting to the current market conditions. And there are buyers and potential people out there that that are ready to build that are just waiting on the sidelines right now. So the advantage of doing a rent-to-own contract it, for, for you and for the buyer is that you're having a fixed price and you're building equity into the, into the project right away. And you can, you can also put it together where a percentage of the rent goes toward the down payment and it gives them time to save money for that 3% delta that they need for Fannie Mae or 3.5% FHA, which, whichever market you're in. Um, one of the other ways we're, we're seeing, I've been encouraging builders, if they've got a net zero project, to offer an electric vehicle lease for one year or two years. I don't know how much a leasing, but if you figure out the cost, it's probably better than just giving them a reduction in the price. And it gives them an idea that they can now become their private own utility. And that's the way you would spin it and sell it. And you can let me know if you want me to help you. I can write up. I've got a lot of information on this particular model that I've been working on. Also, you can offer to pay closing costs and offer zero down, you know, zero closing costs with 3% down. That 3% can be a gift. It does not have to be their own money. That's a really important point to remember. Um, we also, if they're in a place, I'm doing some of these in Florida, we put them in a down payment assistance program, and we also um, put them through a credit repair program. There's lots of great programs for credit repair now. Um, we're able to get people's credits up, you know, 100 points in three months, four months. So there's cer certain things we can do. Some people you can't help. They're just, you know, they got to wait, wait it out. Um, I wanted to point out that the average rate um, for mortgage interest rate um, was 7.76 7 for the last 50 years. It's around the mid-60s for the last 30 years. So uh, it's not the rates as much as it is the cost and the economy that's got everybody so wigged out right now. But I think our average is going to come down, um, you know, in 2022 was 5.09, and now it's just ticking up a little over six. So it's really not the rates that are a problem. I'm, I'm Believe me, you don't sell rates. You're going to sell the opportunity, and it's all about right timing, as everyone probably realizes. Um, this is one of the um, the high performance property and energy efficient um, energy star efficient home um, miles per gallon, or not miles per gallon. Sorry, guys. Um, the pie. So this is my newest um, creation, if you will for how to sell a green property when you're comparing it to an ENERGY STAR. This was an actual case study in Florida where they had a home, a property or a development rather, right next to the high performance development. And we compared both of them. And this was the analysis that we came up with. So I don't, you know, I, I think that what we're really selling is the fact that your principal interest in energy costs, and this is what people have to start comparing. This is why our consistent market messaging is so important, because we, if we're all telling the story of what is your pie, why, why are you you're looking at this other houses? What is the principal and interest in energy cost on that house? 
when you're comparing the two, that really tells you the story. So if you see this, the payment is not that much higher for a high performance home that's actually priced, you know, $25,000 more or less higher than that than the comparable. Um, so, and it's still with the same down payment, it does change their down payment by slightly a few thousand dollars. But again, if you're incentivizing it to give them an enter, uh, a closing cost credit or something like that, then that becomes, a, that's your selling point that you're giving them that $3,000 Delta um, to toward their closing costs. So they're not really, they're really paying the same thing, down payment or cash out of pocket. Um, the future energy savings and the green premium value you can see is pretty much um, higher, you know, much higher and greater than what the um, what the conventional, it's actually an energy star, but that's code. So basically we're saying built to code versus a net zero or near net zero home. This is another um, marketing thing that we can do for you. We can put the property address in and actually do a picture of the home. This is an actual case study or a flyer that we did for a builder who's actually on the board of EVA in Florida. Um, they're a high performance builder. It was a structured insulated panel home and um, their energy score was, you know, averaging in each, they had about seven or eight spec homes that we were doing. So we kind of commingled all of the numbers into one flyer so we didn't have to do different ones for each one but this I can add anything in there if there's any extra features as an example rainwater in Texas is pretty big um, there's you know other things in other regions that might be more relevant to put on the flyer but this is something our builders put up in their MLSs and also send to potential buyers on spec homes so I think it's an important um you know, uh, tool to be able to use to to help stand up the economic story of your of the you know what you're building. Um, this is the builder green um, contract that I've kind of taken different pieces that are in the marketplace, and I have um, written different things to be able to spin out into the market for the builders to be able to use to keep their deals from busting out on appraisals. So basically you're saying in the contract on the addendum, and this is an example, by no way am I saying, dictating that you have to do this, but I think it's important to be able to recognize that your home is built higher at a higher sta standard than prevailing code. And that the IECC code of 2021, it's actually higher than that. So you would put your code in there and the buyer should, um, um, should choose a preferred lender that, that's following the air appraisal independence requirement. Remember that air policy for the competency ruling. So it's important that you um, put that kind of language in your contracts. On the appraisal, there is um, there is an energy efficiency line item, what I have here on the right side corner. So what you're speaking to in this verbiage is to say that you you, you, this is not negotiable. If you don't have an energy efficiency feature that's recognized in the value, then that they basically do not have a, a contingency on the appraisal. They waive it if it's not done properly. So it gives you ammunition from keeping your deal busting out. And it also lets the listing agent or anybody else that's involved in the transaction know that this house is different. This is how you differentiate yourself and to give the distinction of 
what you're building is, you know, a much higher performance home. So this is the best way to address the issue that we found. Um, and I've, it's working. I've In Florida, our builders did it and it worked. Um, their listing agents actually called me, changed the transaction from their preferred lender to our preferred lenders that were able to do this. And we got great results. So you would put your date, you know, this would be on the addendum that you would do just like as, as in addition to your contract. Um, I wanted to go through just the final economic contributing factors. So high, performant op, high performance, as you know, saves as much as 50%. It's also the, with the comparison of the pie, it's actually a lower equal payment to what a conventional home would be because of the energy savings and um, the deferred maintenance costs. It's something that people aren't fit factoring into this story. Like what is your cost going to be to fix up that home that isn't built as well as yours? And it's typically one to 4% on deferred maintenance per value of the value that you, you can say that that's what, the, that's what people pay average. So in your home, I would say it's 1% or less than 1% on a high performance, whereas it could be up at four for an existing home or one that isn't built to code. Um, high performance buildings contributes, you know, also contributes to the future of what I'm considering the carbon-based economy, which is where we're going now. It's going to be a big market for that. So we recently closed some of these case studies that I thought I would go over. Let me see what I'm doing our time. I've got lots of time. Wow. Okay. Um, so Central Florida, this was the SIP panel. It was our first veteran net zero home or VA. Um, VA does not allow a green appraisal. So what we were having to do, what we were, I'm sorry, I've got some things. Uh, hang on a second. Um, so the um, net zero home is um, was $50 a year in utility bills. And this home, what we did is we fed the a green appraisal to the VA and we had them put up on the portal in the portal for the for the appraiser to see. I trained the realtor and the listing agent and selling agent both how to speak to the appraiser. So when the appraiser went for the inspection, they were able to walk through. They were armed with all the data that they needed, including the HERS. They had the appraisal that was done that was green on a similar home, and they were able to quantify the value. So they, prior to this, the builder was really in, you know, nervous about doing another veteran-owned um, home because they were busting out. The VA was not appraising the value um, because the Veterans Administration does not have very competent appraisers, unfortunately. Um, so, um, so at any rate, they had busted out three or four um, transactions before we came along and we were able to close that. It was a 1% green premium. That's the best we were gonna get with this particular appraiser, but typically we get more than that. Um, in Northern Minnesota was an ICF um, custom home. We had 108 dollars in utilities um, a year and the green premium was seven and in Austin this was a wood frame metal roof you know solar powered home 
with rainwater harvesting, and that was a green premium of 9% on that. So it really depends on the energy savings. That that's what it's driven by. For every dollar in an energy um, saving, it's equal to at least 15 to $20 per dollar saved, just to give you a, a skinny on a real easy way to, to quantify it. In central Pennsylvania, um, this client came to us as um, and wanted to, um, they couldn't find a lender, they couldn't find an appraisal. This was a $2 million project, it's still under construction. So we were able to, um, we had to train two appraisers um, that we found the bank for them that would lend on the, on the project and were willing to work with us. Um, that's another one that's hard to do. Some Most banks will just say, no, we don't wanna deal with this. But this particular bank um, was able to facilitate the transaction and allowed us to train the appraisers. And it was worked out really well. They ended up with a seven and a half percent green premium. So a little bit deeper dive. This is a flyer, an actual um, marketing sheet that we use for to send to builders after the transaction closes. And it's something they can put up on their websites. And it's like proof of, you know, concept that this project's working and that we got a green value and what the hers was. And it's kind of an education is marketing piece that gives the details of the home and what we what we accomplished in one, one swell sweep. I'm having trouble saying that word. Um, so um, compared to an energy store home, this home was, you know, um, was, you know, way, was net zero, which was way, you know, way higher. So we got a $17,000 um, premium. This was an FHA loan um, and they came in with three and a half percent down. Oh, I'm sorry. This was the VA loan. We did two for them. This actually was the FHA loan. Sorry about that. So I'll have to, I'll fix that, but this was not the VA loan. So, um, so anyway, we ended up with a $17,000 green premium. The appraisal came in way higher than the value or the sales price. And it was, um, of course, certified. It was a SIP panel home and it was certified up to 200 miles per hour. So for the wind, and this home actually went through the hurricane, which was very interesting. And there were flood, there was flooding all around the property and we, they ended up having no damage whatsoever. And it was actually closing like right when the hurricane was happening. Um, this is the Eastern Pennsylvania ICF home. This home was, is a monster. It's 8,200 square, over 8,200 square feet. Um, and their estimated energy savings is over almost 12 grand a year. Um, it had a lot of great features on it. In fact, I had to sign an NDA to do this deal because the owner didn't want to share all their secret sauce, which I encourage them to do so they can help others since they're not, you know, they're not going to be doing this for anybody but themselves. So I think they're a little bit more open. They're sharing their they're allowing me to share this with them with my networks now, and I'm putting it in my book that I'm um, getting ready to publish um, that'll have case studies in it. So um, this home was, you know, of course, in a late adopter market. The appraisers were, you know, very generous and very good at what, you know, the training that we do takes about an hour and it puts them on our green panel and it allows them to to um, stand up the, the value of those extra premium costs that goes into, as you know, a high performance home. 
this is a the San Antonio. This is a renovation home um, that uh, uh, Texas in Texas, and I'm still closing. It's been a two year project. It's a custom home, and they saved a lot by reusing the building materials and the high performance building envelope. Um, you know, it's very resilient. They added an ICF roof. That was one of the big things that the owner wanted to do. The owner is an architect and she was just wanting to really do everything she could possibly do that she learned in, in architecture school. So this house just has a lot of different bells and whistles to it and it took longer to build, of course. Um, their, um, and their energy savings, and of course, doing a 9kW solar helps. One of the things we do do is we um, value the home without solar. So when we do the HERS, we have the HERS rater do a, a, um, a an example of, or actually quantify what it is with just the building envelope. And then we have them do it with solar. This way we're ensuring that that building envelope is high performance, which we, we consider to be high performance at about 60 or below 60, 55 um, on the envelope. So that's what the bar is. It's moving down lower now to below 50. Um, and it depends on the region, what type of building material. Of course, if you're doing SEP or ICF, you're gonna have a lot better and easier time meeting that threshold. Um, I wanna talk about the emerging market for retrofit. So as I said it earlier, there's over 131 million existing homes and over 50% are over 30 years old. So um, we've got a lot of opportunity with greening up neighborhoods and it's something that's near and dear to my heart to help the residential market. So um, if there's anyone interested in this network and EBA that would like to support this, and work in this kind of space, I would love to talk to you. Um, so we're looking to um, do a pilot program in two or three cities um, and um, be able to retrofit neighborhoods or at least a, a lot of volume of homes at once. Using the IRA plan, some of these homes would qualify for those energy packages, um, credits for the, you know, for the packages. I think we can make it more affordable that way. So that's it for now. That's all I've got is one green brick at a time leads to the new carbon market. <laughs> so do we have any questions, Aaron? Yeah. Um, and please, if you have any questions, put them in the Q&A and uh, we'll work through them. Uh, our first question was, will this be posted? We'll have it up at um, eba.org in the uh, EBA Academy. And our second question, Teresa, is, is there a list of lenders who comply and with the air policy and i guess it would be that their appraisers comply with the air policy right there is no list it's it's all you know it's all on the it's all depends on the lender I mean, most lenders don't even know what the air policy is so you've got to you've got to educate them Mm -hmm. But it's not the lenders that would comply to the air policy. It's the appraisers that are supposed to comply to it. But they don't. So if an appraiser knows, if they know it's a, a, a net zero home, they'll just go, yeah, I'll take the order. And they don't know what they're appraising. They don't understand the distinction and what this product entails. 
So that's the biggest breakdown that I see is that them, you know, just gung-ho and accepting orders that they're not clear about the uniqueness of that particular transaction. Yeah. The appraiser is the critical piece. Um, I know you do green appraiser training for these folks, but this is putting it in contractually so that they have to comply with that. And you don't, I love what you say, is that you don't want to bust out on your appraisal on these high-performance homes, right? It's a terrible situation because then if you've got a spec and you're you're listing it, then the listing agent doesn't understand and they see the appraisal coming in low. So they're like, oh, this house isn't worth it. And they don't serve their market. They go and sell them a conventional home. Right. And it's just sad to me that it shouldn't be happening this way. But I want to share that the appraiser is really the most important, but secondary is the lender. So if you, I've had deals where, I put, I've had green appraisals, they would not accept it. I have clients that I've done green appraisals for, we tried it that way, the lenders would not accept it. So if you don't have a lending institution and company that's behind this and understands it, or at least willing to learn, you're nowhere. You're just not gonna get anywhere. And believe me, I lose them at hello every day of my life. I mean, it's a pride swallowing siege some days, you know, just begging for dollars, you know, just you just please take a look at this, you know, but it's still perceived as, you know, as we were speaking to earlier, Aaron, a hippie granola market. That's how a lot of the lenders look at this. You know, it's yeah. crazy, but it's true. <laughs> it's, it's not. I mean, I, I love how you phrase it under total cost of ownership with the pie, right? It's, it's principal interest and energy. And we've got to start selling it that way. Um, and yeah, that- when you've got a competitor, when you've got a client coming to you and saying, well, I found a home for, you know, a year for 300,000, whatever, you know, lower than yours, obviously, then that would be the next question to ask them, what's your pie? And they're going to go, what did you compare the energy cost to that home? And right. that's where you're, you could turn that sale around that way, you know? Yeah. And I think you had a 4% inflationary on um, energy costs on a standard home, but I know in Minneapolis this past year, we saw 18% increase in energy costs. Yes, so it's significantly it depends on the region. Yes. Yeah. So here's a great question that just came in. What are your recommendations on how to approach the process of educating these lenders and their appraisers? Well, right now I am getting ready to launch with the Mortgage Bankers Association. So finally, I just had this aha moment in the last few months. So I said, you know, this with the market now turning and downturning rather we now have an opportunity and lenders are eager to find new market emerging markets now so i've been waiting for this moment when rates were low and everybody was fat and happy impossible to get them to listen now the opportunity's here so i do training all the time i have training programs education is marketing platforms for appraisers and lenders I have right. all the marketing materials. They can co-brand in their name. The whole platform is, is being built out and I'm able to facilitate that right now as we speak. So the answer is bring in Teresa. I don't, if, unless you, if you find somebody else, would you please introduce us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Shrek some days. I'm all alone, nobody by my side. You know, <laughs> I do like to make it fun guys because yeah. it's a really yeah. dry subject. <laughs> And we have several questions on how to find a bank. I think we have somebody that's attending that's in central Pennsylvania is interested in the bank, but what's the best way to find 
perhaps a friendlier bank, a friendlier appraiser. Um, what's your advice? Well, my advice is, first of all, don't call the lender and tell them you're, you know, try to drive the appraisal story too deeply with them at first. Um, a lot of them are going to be resistant to, resistant to hearing it. Um, I, I can call 10 lenders in an hour and have eight of them just about hang up on me. Same is true for appraisers. With the appraisal, I've got that managed a lot better than I do the lender community side. Um, we have an appraisal management company that's my partner. Green Energy Money's been working with this group for since 2014. And we are now moving to a new, a new direction to be able to streamline this process in an automated format. Um, they've been fabulous. I do the training with them. Um, you know, so what we do is we, let's say you call me and you need a, a you have a project in Pennsylvania, example. We'll go out and find the appraisers that are in that area that are willing to take the class and we train them in an hour. Once they're trained, they go on the panel on, as a green appraiser and we vet the first several transactions that they do and help them. So in other words, we don't turn that appraisal into the lender until we know it's buttoned down and it's done correctly. Right. And that gives them, and also, I did. I forgot to mention this, but Fannie Mae will allow up to fifteen percent on the energy adjustment. Mm. So we can get up to fifteen percent premium on the value. Now that said, I haven't seen any higher than eleven percent mm -hmm. because the hers um, the hers index and the value the the present value formula and that we use has just never gone over eleven percent. I think the premium right now we're we're generally in the market it's eight percent for a high performance home. But right. what we're gonna see is the same thing in commercial. Right now, commercial is up to 20% for high performance over yeah. conventional. So yeah. I believe that the spread is gonna grow, mm -hmm. you know, from probably as much as 15%, especially as the carbon market emerges and gets more out of infancy and into, you know, a standard. Awesome. Uh, this might be, a question for another time, but we have a question on, can you restate the Inflation Reduction Act tax rebate for building envelope? Restate it? Well, let me just give it to you in a nutshell. Yeah. They did it backwards, okay? <laughs> so instead of incentivizing the building envelope, so if you're a, if you make an average income that you're, you know, below the medium income, is when you would get that $14,000 credit. So if, if your income is 50 grand and the medium is 60 grand, you would be 20% under that threshold. You would qualify for $14,000. If right. you're at the medium of 60 grand, you're going to get a $7,000 credit. If you're above 60 grand a year in income, you're going to only get a $2,000 tax credit on your, you can only qualify for that. There's no right. rebates yeah, beyond so the medium. It's it's all based, there's an AMI chart that the Fed puts out and it says what the AMI is for your county. And yeah. it's all predicated on where you fit in the AMI. So for example, if you had low income renters and you're building an apartment that is high performance, if all of those folks were technically, and maybe apartments are not the ultimate example, but as long as they're all at 20% below the AMI, 
you would qualify through the renter for the max rebate of 14. Well, you would, this is for individual homeowners. Uh, not yeah. Builders. I meant the bad example on the apartments. Yeah. But if you were, if you had, yeah, exactly. But if you're in a low income situation, I mean, I'm, I'm applauding that effort. I think it's wonderful yeah. because people in the low income are the ones that need it the most. But I also believe that saving energy is way more important than making energy. So when we give all, we put all the energy toward or the money toward allocating solar and electric vehicles, we're leaving the most important aspect out of the equation. And that's to me, they should have given $14,000 to everybody. I mean, that's what I think, you know, but of course, if I made the rules, we have a different world for sure. Right. Uh, one of the questions we had was, uh, can you elaborate more on the case study comparison between Energy Star and Green Home. Uh, are you go back to that slide? Let's yeah, see. and I think the question is, are you referring to an Energy Star certified home versus a zero energy ready? Yes. Home? Yes. Okay. Yeah. This was an actual case, like I said, that were they were really um, this was in the marketplace. Um, what I found when I started looking at the comps. And what was next door to them as competitor and working with the realtors, which, by the way, that's another key to your kingdom is the real estate agents. So right. I, I'm only one girl. Like I'm, I love to train the world, but this is one of the reasons I'm putting all these webinars. In fact, Aaron, I'd love to get a copy of this to post on my website. Amen. Um, and and edit. You know, I'm doing some training videos for these types of things, so we can do more of these and and. Gas, grasp a lot more people, but your sales team is critical to your life flood. You can't do it without them. If they don't believe in your product, they're not the right people. If they don't know, if they're not willing to learn this and learn how to, to market it, they're not the right team for you. So I think it's really important to be able to vet and, and choose the right real estate team as well that can, this is really for the realtors, by the way, this, this can go on the MLS with the listing. It's a great think, story to be able to show. I'll bring up a great point on that. My realtor is on this call right now. And Good. <laughs> he's he's actually on the uh, Energy Efficiency Committee with the Minneapolis Association of Realtors or Minnesota Association of Realtors. And he's already put a note to me, like they want some training from Teresa on this oh, topic. Perfect. I would also add uh, that we developed selling high-performance homes in response to builders saying, we need our model home sales people educated, we need our realtors educated, because if they don't, if we're not all pulling in the same direction, you can't have somebody in there that says, well, yeah, this one has granite, that one has granite. They have to be educated around total cost of ownership or pie and selling these differences to consumers as they come through. Yeah, and can you answer me this? Why is granite such a big deal? <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> Well, I don't get it. I don't get why that's more important than the insulation. That's more important than, you know, I mean, these late adapter markets, some of some people still are not getting it. You know, I mean, they're they're still looking for those 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 amenities that they think are important for resale. But yeah. I it's becoming more and more the norm that people are not are looking at energy costs now. Yeah. Well, so the green I, the green premium is incredible. The being able to get this appraised correctly is incredible. Um, and I think following your, your advice and topics, uh, we have another comment from Ali and uh, that he would love to work with you. He's educating realtors in Arizona. 
marketplace. Well, I'm coming to Arizona for the SIPA um, That's right. conference. Beginning of March. March right? Yep. Yeah, the beginning of March. So I've already booked my flight and I left it open kind of at the end. I'm going to go to Sedona for a day. I just have to, if I'm there, you know, go do a little hike. But um, I'll be there for a few days after that conference. So if there's if there's something that wants to happen, I'm happy to do a seminar in person, a lunch and learn and get you guys up, you know, get you started. So fantastic. Fantastic. Now uh, I have, I'm not getting CE, just an FYI on my road yeah. on this class is an hour long class. Yeah. Um, I am not launching CE credits or a CE course or a three hour course because A, it's too long. B, it's not enough inventory for you to engage yet. And C, it's too cost effect or too cost prohibitive for me. It's about $80,000 for me to CE this thing across the country. So, but maybe, and, maybe there's a what, way I can see Teresa, under someone else. Teresa, what CEs are you looking for in particular? Is it the NARI CEs? Yeah, the, the NAR. Well, it's not the NAR. The NAR is a national level, but regionally, you have to be regionally approved with each region. Like as an example, Austin, Austin Board of Realtors, you know, it'd be mm -hmm. Minneapolis Board of Realtors, they're all segregated, just like the MLSs. This is the problem with the multiple listing system. Yeah, it's is 400. The MLS, it's fragmented and it's yeah. kind of a Ponzi scheme, really. You know, if you don't belong to this, you know, there's over 600 MLSs in the country. 600. So try greening all those up. I mean, the bottom line is you don't need a green MLS. Just put the information on the listing. That's my takeaway. You know, and that way it stays forever immortalized for, you know, in the future, it'll still be on there. You know, the green MLS we did in Austin, I worked on this. I've worked on this for years, guys, decades. It's an end. There's no end game to it. It's just it's it's pointless in my in my experience um, is that the um, they put the green MLS. They spent hundreds of thousands of dollars doing this whole mock up prototype. And nobody uses it to this day. This was 10 years ago. Why? Too hard to use. It was too deep down the rabbit hole for realtors to learn and try to put all this data in when they could have just put it on the listing. I mean, I just <laughs> boggles the mind sometimes. Yeah. Well, I won't get into the uh, <laughs> a deeper discussion on that. Uh, one question we had from Stephen Colley, is there really enough data on alternative construction methods to give an accurate sense of utility expense savings? I think I know the answer to that, but I'm interested in your perspective. Oh, you tell me. <laughs> well, I think what you're doing is we have a nationalized system that's a HERS rating and the HERS rating will give an exact scientifically based third-party certified score to that home on what the energy savings are with all the disparate systems used. So it'll, it I want to go ahead. You're exactly right. The, the, mm -hmm. the hers is the key, the kingdom. I want to share too, that I have quantified this after the projected and, you know, the projection is done on the house, not being built. So you're doing all the, all this based on plans and specs after we do the blow test. And this has been the norm for many years now, we find that these homes per perform better than they were predicted and projected to do. Not only that, but five years down the road, I still am in touch. I'm refinancing these properties, guys. 
So I'm getting these bar, you know, I'm talking to clients that have closed, you know, five years ago, even longer ago. Some of them I've refinanced two or three times. Um, they, um, they're all performing at what they were predicted to do. So again, I just can't say enough great things about hers being a baseline and a really good story for anyone building high performance. And this is how you quantify that value. I don't know any other way to quantify it. And this is what the appraisers have become accustomed to. They love this. They're like, oh my goodness, this is so simple, stupid. I don't know how I missed this, you know? Yeah. And I think that to add to that, I mean, we if if you join EBA as a builder, the first thing we tell builders to do is hire an energy rater, get them on your team, because that's as important coming in the front door as the appraiser is going out the back door, right? Exactly. Not only that, they're a great referral source. I get more referrals from hers raters than I do from builders some weeks, and. And they refer builders business. And by the way, so do I. I refer builders business. If I get a client in a certain region that hasn't found a builder yet, I will refer out to, you know, qualified builders. Fantastic. Um, Dennis White, I'm sending you my email address, uh, but please reach out to uh, Teresa on her email address. Yeah, here's my, and here's my um, contact yeah, can, information. You can pull that up again. Um, I, I suggest reaching out to uh, Teresa. Uh, another question that came in, uh, we are considering making a separate addendum for energy efficiency, like well septic and lead-based lead paint. Is that something that you advise builders to do? What would the addendum, what's the purpose of the addendum? What are they using it for? And it's an anonymous attendee, so you'll have to. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. I don't know how to address that, but I will say but this. What, how, I mean, you talked about it in your presentation about having an addendum for the appraiser and the air process. So that's important. But is there, I, I know in the AIA documents, there is a addendum that you can use for this building is going to be zero energy ready home program. Um, so do you suggest- but That doesn't really have anything to do with the well and septic, you know? No, um, they're just saying, would you would you recommend having an addendum like we have today with well septic and lead-based paint for energy efficiency for builders? Well, we already are. That's what I just gave the, the, the attendees. I mean, that that is the holy grail right there that you can use. It says you're building beyond code. You know, that this home is different than any than conventional homes. I mean, you can word it however you want, but I think this verbiage is very important. And I think it's important that you don't you don't let them out of the financing contingency because the appraisal busts out. So if the appraisal busts out, you 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 they still have to close and carry they have to close with that delta or they lose their entire deposit. They've held back your transaction, you've educated them enough to let them know your product's different. They've agreed to it. They've got to hold to it. I mean, I just think it's not fair for the builder to have all the risk on the fact that they're building a better product. And now because some, excuse me, but uneducated person just screwed up your deal. That's just not a fair advantage. Absolutely. Well, I have a final question from Jose and uh, it says, another question, do you have a European equivalent of EBA? 
And yes, it's EBA. Um, I think uh, Nancy, will, Nancy will tell you that today we have people in about 80 different countries that join us at eba.org. Um, we've got 270 hours of great continuing education online like Teresa is doing today. So uh, not that we have a physical presence in EBA today, but we have a virtual presence uh, everywhere uh, with the work that we do. So we'd encourage you to uh, join us even if you're in Europe. Well, Teresa, thank you so much. I'm I mean, this is one of the most engaging audiences uh, that I think we've had in a while, uh, since the holidays, you know, so that's that's great. And I'm already looking forward to February 16th at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time and having you present more on this because it's such a critical topic and critical understanding for our industry. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You guys have a great rest of your week and hey, Stephen. <laughs> Steven's in my in San Antonio. He's in my hood, so I know him. So great, great. to great to see everyone, or sort of see everyone. Take care.